Can you grow spiritually with a big ego? Or how to deal with your ego when you're interested in spiritual growth? Is there a conflict between the growth in spirituality, the spiritual growth, and the growth of the ego? Is there a conflict? Is there a relationship? If there is, what is that relationship? What do I have to do if I have a big ego with regards to spiritual development? Will having a big ego prevent me from advancing spiritually? Or maybe, just maybe, it can even help me somehow? Is it possible to use or channel or direct the ego in a way that contributes to one's spiritual growth? So all these questions are what we're going to get into today, right now. And I think you'll find that Kabbalah has a very interesting approach to this. One that might be counterintuitive, uh, maybe even surprising to some of you, um, but definitely one that, that you should learn about. So let's start and uh, I'll just mention again that um, sometimes I'm looking over there I'm trying to see if uh, what's going on there in the chat uh, and I already see a question there uh, so that's great if you have questions shoot them into the chat um, our friends behind the scenes are helping us collect them and when we get to answering some questions I'll be hopefully looking at a lot a lot of good questions coming from you so don't hesitate if you have a question put it in the chat all right so what is Kabbalah's approach to this issue of having an ego and maybe even a big ego and developing spiritually how does Kabbalah solve this this relationship so first things first when we're talking about spiritual growth when we are discussing spiritual development, what is it that we're interested in? So let's define a few things so we can move forward with the same, uh, the same idea in mind. So when we're talking about spiritual growth, we are talking about expanding our perception, growing in how we sense and experience reality expanding or broadening or deepening our perception that's what we're discussing when we talk about spiritual growth so if we if it's all about perception let's start there let's start with how does our perception work and to do that we're going to start with a very unique uh kabbalistic text this is coming from uh, a Kabbalist uh, whose name is Bala Sulam. And um, you may have heard this name before if you're following this channel. Bala Sulam is the preeminent Kabbalist of the previous century. He is a pillar in the wisdom of Kabbalah. He is the one who created a commentary on the Book of Zohar, which is a book from almost 2,000 years ago, that became really the seminal book of authentic Kabbalah. And Bala Sulam, in the last century, was able to write a commentary for it. Um, and in addition, he also wrote a group, a group of articles that his student and successor, uh, who also happened to be his son, Darabash, uh, and he's my teacher's teacher, uh, he collected... A lot of these articles um, that Bala Sulam would sometimes say, uh, just speak them. And his student and, and, and successor wrote it down. Um, and from, there, from, from, from that effort, we have a collection of articles that are very unique. Uh, and we're going to read an excerpt from one of them. They're all collected in a book called Shamati. Uh, Shamati in Hebrew means I heard. Uh, and that's because the Rabash heard this from his teacher, Bala Sulam, and he wrote it down after hearing it. So, um, I think that's a good enough of an introduction. 
for this text, very special text. We're just going to read an excerpt of it. If you're interested, you can, uh, you can find it in a book called Shamati. Uh, and of course, you can find all of the authentic Kabbalistic source materials in our website, kabbalah.info. You'll find that and other things there as well. Uh, if you're interested in studying these texts in a systematic way and actually studying the wisdom of Kabbalah step by step, for that we have KABU, which is our education, online education center. Um, I'll say more about this later on, but there's a link in the description of this video and you can go ahead and check it out after this, after this session though. All right, more about that later on. Let's go into the text. So, uh, let me just minimize myself. There we go. So, we're reading from the words of Bala Sulam in his uh, collection of articles called Shamati. And he says this in Article 34. It is known that nothing appears in its true form only through its opposite as the advantage of the light from within the darkness. This means that everything points to another, and by the opposite of something, the existence of its opposite can be perceived. If that was a little complicated, let's go to another paragraph, and where he gives some examples. Hence, it is impossible to attain something it is impossible to attain something in complete clarity if it's absent if it's parallel sorry is absent for example it is impossible to estimate to there we go it is impossible to estimate and say that something is good if its opposite pointing to the bad is missing it is the same with bitterness and sweetness, love and hate, hunger and satiation, thirst and saturation, separation and adhesion. So this again was Kabbalist Bala Sulam from Shamati 34. So what is he telling us here? He's telling us that when it comes to human perception, we as created beings cannot perceive anything without its opposite we can only interpret our sensations our emotions our ideas through opposites and that's where he gives some examples right bitter and sweet love and hate hunger and satiation thirst and saturation we don't really know the meaning of one without the other we cannot attain something in complete clarity he writes if it's parallel its opposite is absent let's watch uh, a very short one minute clip from uh, my teacher Kabbalist Dr. Michael Lightman um, um, saying a few words about this issue and we'll then go further and clarify it even more all right so, let's watch. As created beings, we can only feel through the difference between two phenomena. Therefore, we have no possibility to feel one thing. If I were in a realm that's completely filled with light, or completely dark, or completely green or blue, I wouldn't discern anything. I can perceive only differences, contrasts between phenomena. And that's what I can discuss. Okay, so I hope that was helpful. And a search, essentially what we're hearing here is a very simple concept. Our perception is built from opposites. As created beings, any meaning that we capture comes from contrast, from comparison. We don't have the ability to perceive 
one thing. We never know one thing without knowing its opposite. This is something that is so pervasive and so built into us that sometimes we don't even think about it. But this happens on so many levels of the human experience. It also happens biologically. Our senses work in a similar way. I'll talk about it in one second. It happens cognitively. We don't understand something without understanding it through comparison and through contrast. And ultimately, it's built from opposites. And the same thing applies to our psychology as well. Let's, let's, let's discuss that. So... If you take our um, our senses, for example, so our senses work through resistance and contrast. There's always some sort of a barrier, some sort of a detector that captures that 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 resists or um, uh, comes in contact with some pressure from the outside. And that resistance and contrast or pressure uh, against the barrier is what becomes interpreted as our picture of reality. Now, this could be the retina in your eye. It could be the membrane in your ear. It could be the taste buds or the olfactory receptors in your nose. Um, or it can be your skin. In all of these cases... Perception happens by some sort of a resistance that the senses are working through or working with, some sort of contrast. And of course, I'm very, very much simplifying uh, how all these mechanisms work here. I'm just taking it, uh, uh, pointing to a core principle. You know, our entire, uh, how we move around in the environment physically, uh, this is what scientists call uh, proprioception or kinesthesia. Um, is is basically how does our how does our body know where it is and how to move around without calculating everything anew each time? Every muscle and every joint in our body um, determines how to move through response to pressure. So there's always this reliance on some pressure, some contrast, some resistance that helps us move around, move about in the world and perceive anything that we perceive. So this, as I said, it happens on many levels. Even psychologically, uh, you can find in the psychology literature a lot of psychologists discussing how we know ourselves through our interaction with others. There's a famous concept by the, called the looking glass self by psychologist Charles Cooley that describes how we shape our entire concept of self, who we are and what we are and how we're like, based on how I think others think of me, right? So it's not even actually what others think of me, it's how I think that the others think of me. That is what I use to shape my concept of who I am, the concept of the self, and so on. And again, these are just a few examples, but the point is very simple. There's many, many levels to this. Our perception happens through opposites. And just like those simple examples that Kabbalist Barasulam gave us, we don't understand good without bad. We don't understand love without hate. We don't understand uh, sweet without bitter and so forth. Meaning, for us, perception, and again, on any level, is captured between two opposites, as if between plus and minus. So, how is that related to what we started with? To the title of this, of this presentation, right? To the topic of this video. How is this related to spiritual growth and the ego? So, maybe some of you can already put, put two and two together here. What does it mean for us to attain spirituality? Let's define it. What is spirituality? What is spiritual? Well, if, it depends who you ask, of course. 
because uh, there's all kinds of methods and teachings and, and systems, and maybe there's all kinds of definitions for spirituality as well. Um, typically, it will relate to something non-material, something beyond our, our ordinary perception. But what is the quality that we can call spiritual? And this is a question that Kabbalah doesn't leave unanswered. Kabbalists are very, very clear when it comes to definitions. And they're very, very precise when they define uh, the terms that they use. Spirituality, from a Kabbalistic perspective, refers to the qualities of the governing program of nature. And that program is hidden from us, hidden from our five senses, that is, hidden from us naturally in our inborn uh, instinctive state of existence. And the qualities that govern the, this, this hidden reality are qualities of unconditional love and bestowal. So from a Kabbalistic perspective, when we talk about spirituality, what spiritual means is the quality of unconditional love and bestowal. Now, these words might be misleading because when we hear love and giving or bestowal, we might immediately interpret it the way we understand it the way we understand it from our world, from our nature, from our reality, from our physical, corporeal experience. And that would be wrong. Because when we're talking about unconditional love, when we're talking about a quality of bestowal, we're talking about something that is beyond the reality that we are familiar with. We're talking about a reality where there is no reference to self. There is no, uh, nothing that comes back to a self. Any kind of love or act of bestowal that we can imagine is based on what we know from our world. And any kind of interaction in our world is ultimately based on receiving something in one way or another. We might be more aware of it or less aware of it, but whenever we are uh, talking about altruism in this world or acts of bestowal, let's say, then ultimately these actions, even if they appear as the best possible actions, and there's no problem with these actions, but from a spiritual perspective, they are still coming from an individual or a group of individuals who in one way or another are either expecting to receive something or already receiving something by doing the action. The quality of bestowal that we call spiritual, the quality of unconditional love that we refer to as spirituality, is a quality that is above time space, and matter. It is a quality of ensof, it is called in Hebrew, infinity. It is a quality that is eternal. It is the quality that governs and guides and sustains and develops all of life. Everything that we see in our reality, all of life and how it evolves, all of nature and everything in it, all of that comes from is an expression of this quality, this governing quality that gives life. The quality that creates, sustains, and guides life. That is the governing quality of love and bestowal. And it is beyond our instinctive perception within the five senses. So, if it is so detached from us, and so beyond us, then how do we perceive spirituality? And that's why we started with Barasulam's text. Remember, we can only perceive anything through contrast. 
with the opposite quality. We can only perceive through opposite qualities. Plus and minus, right? Bitter and sweet and so forth. And this is where the ego steps into the picture. I hope you're following. And in a bit, I'll open it up for questions. So definitely throw those questions into the chat if you have them. And I'll do my best to get to all of them. All right? So for us to perceive spirituality, we have to have the opposite of that. We need contrast with spirituality in order to perceive spirituality. This is where the ego steps into the picture. The ego, and this is should already answer uh, some of the questions that I already saw in the chat. The ego is the complete opposite of spirituality. The ego means self-love. It is our intention for self-benefit. It is our constant concern for ourselves. What about me? What will I get? What is my reward? How does this revolve around me? How does this have to do with me? What do I get out of it? What, what will I feel? What will I experience? And so forth. In a word, again, self-love. Or the very quality of reception. Now, listen. Just by being created beings, we all have this quality of reception. This is how what we're made of. This is the program that governs and shapes our perception and everything that we do, think and feel. So it's not good, it's not bad, it's just the way, it, it's just our nature. However, the reality that is painted, the picture of reality that is perceived within the ego will always be limited. And that's why we perceive reality through these boundaries of time and space and matter. These are all uh, constructions of the ego. It is the way in which the ego perceives reality. And so the ego is the complete opposite of spirituality. So is the ego good or bad for spiritual growth? On the one hand, we're saying it's the complete opposite of spirituality. But on the other hand, it's exactly that opposite that we need in order to develop spiritually. It's exactly that opposite that we need for spiritual growth. And this is why the ego uh, is a very tricky thing to, to understand how to work with when we're interested in spiritual growth. All right, so um, let's leave it at that for now and see what's up with your questions. All right, and then we'll, uh, we'll go forward, but let's see, let's see where you're at. Um, I see a question here from uh, Rose, Rose of Zion Wisdom. What is an ego? So I think we just discussed this. I see this question came up earlier from Sujet, if I, uh, I don't know if I'm reading the name correctly, sorry for that. But you also asked, what do you mean by ego? So we just discussed that. The ego is that quality of self-love, that quality of reception. And it is opposite to the upper nature, the spiritual nature, the governing nature, which is that of bestowal, the quality of unconditional love that has no return to, to self. The self only exists within the ego, and then everything that we think of, even if it's bestowal or doing good or giving or loving, it always comes out of the ego and that ego expects something in return. And so that's the ego. Okay, I hope this, uh, this satisfies um, what you wanted to know. Um, 
I see a question. I see a question uh, again from uh, Sujet. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly, but I see that you asked maybe even more than once about the the word world. Uh, one question was, now what about the word world? What do you mean by that? By world, it sounds like you mean modality of perception. Okay, so let's talk about that. Uh, you're right. World is not such a simple uh, word. Um, in Hebrew, the word world is olam. And olam comes from the word ha'alama. What olam or ha'alama means in Hebrew is concealment. When we're talking about the world that we are in right now, the truth is it is not a place. It is not a physical space, like a physical stage made of these, these uh, uh, infinite amount of, of particles, material particles, and we too are material particles inside this giant stage made of material particles. That's what we think of as the world, the physical world. But that's not what it is. A world means a level of concealment, or in other words, the flip side of it, a level of perception. Our perception right now is what we consider to be the physical world. From a Kabbalistic perspective, this physical world that we are in is a level of perception, a level of concealment, and it's actually the most, uh, the lowest level of perception that exists for a human being. Meaning that um, the, the, the world that appears to us as physical within our five senses and so forth, where we think we are a body that lives and dies and is separated from the rest of reality, all of those other bodies and the other animals and all of nature. And, and again, and it lives and dies, as I said, that whole experience is a limited perception of what we truly are and where we really are. And spiritual growth, spiritual development, what we're talking about today is all about expanding that perception beyond our current level of perception. The current level of perception is really just a result of a, an initial level of egoism, initial level of ego that perceives itself as if it is a body with five senses in a physical world. There are much greater levels of ego and correspondingly, levels of spiritual perception and the growth of the ego and the growth of spiritual perception are intertwined we'll get into that just in a few minutes but that's a that was that was for your question um i see another one uh from milos milos vladkovich so spirituality can't be felt without opposite sensation that comes from our egoism Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And if you got that, then it'll be easier to understand what's coming. Okay? Because we're going to talk a little bit about what's next. If this is what's happening, then how do we work with the ego? And what exactly is the relationship between growth of the ego and growth of our spiritual perception or spiritual qualities? So we'll get into that. Um, I think that for now, I think that for now, um, that's pretty much most of the questions. Uh, here's one more that I see here now. Um, Louis asked, unconditional love towards who? That's actually a good question. The answer, Louis, when we're talking about unconditional love, we're talking about the qualities of the governing force of nature call it creator call it upper force uh, call it god it doesn't matter from a kabbalistic perspective if you say god or the creator or you say the system of nature it's the same it's one and the same 
It's just that what we think of as, na as nature is very limited to what we see and experience with our five senses. But when Kabbalists refer to nature, they're talking about all of the laws of nature and how they interconnect into a single system that is really a single program. And that program, even though not in our perception, but that program has an aim, has an intention, has uh, a goal. And that goal is to, to bestow unconditional love. So, unconditional love towards whom? Everyone and everything that exists. The whole of creation. The whole of creation was born out of this desire to bestow, this desire to love that preceded creation. And that's why we call this desire to love, the intention to bestow, the quality of complete unconditional bestowal and love, we call that the creator. Okay? So the creator is not a person... It's not an, an entity that we speak to in, in, in this way or, or, or the other. The creator is the very quality that creates, sustains, and guides all of creation. And, and this quality is a quality of unconditional love and bestowal. Um, okay, there, there's, of course, this may bring up many more questions. But uh, we'll leave it, at, leave it at that for now. Last one, and then we keep going. Taught by Emerald, Emeralds is asking, how does fear relate to the purpose of creation? Because the ego can be quite scary. Okay, that already throws us uh, to something a little bit different. But I'll just I'll give a short answer for this one, just to stay within the scope of this uh, of this presentation. Fear, shame. Anger, what other negative qualities can you think about? Okay, all of them, all of them, non-excluded, non have a purpose. Even the most horrible things, when we're talking about spiritual transformation, we learn gradually how to use and transform them these qualities within us or the qualities of the ego to a positive, beneficial uh, um, form that helps the purpose of creation, that advances us to the purpose of creation. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Of course, this, this can be discussed in great detail, but um, let's stay there. Okay. So, how do we work with the ego? First, the very first uh, rule of thumb. If you want to understand spirituality from a Kabbalistic perspective, if you want to practice spiritual growth from a Kabbalistic perspective, then the first rule of thumb is very simple. There is no spiritual growth without the ego. We need the ego. We need the ego in order to develop the opposite quality of bestowal. Remember, our perception comes from opposites. We are creatures, created beings. We can't perceive an essence in and of itself. We have to experience it from the plus and from the minus. And only between the plus and minus, so to speak, we capture a meaning, a reality, a perception, a feeling. Without those plus and minus, without those two opposites, we cannot perceive. So there's no spiritual growth without the ego. The ego is required. Second thing, in the wisdom of Kabbalah, we do not try or aim to reduce or eliminate the ego. This is very different from all kinds of, of methods that talk about reducing the ego or um, uh, restraining your desires, uh, self-mortifications of different sorts. 
um, eating less, breathing less, wanting less. Um, in, in many cases, this is this is prevalent in Eastern teachings. This is very different. What we're talking about here, Kabbalists don't try to go against their ego directly. They don't try to eliminate it, eradicate it, delete it. And they also don't try to um, reduce it forcefully or directly. This is very different. In the wisdom of Kabbalah, we work with the ego. The, the meaning of the wisdom of Kabbalah, Kabbalah, the meaning of the word is reception. Kabbalah means reception. Lekabel means to receive in Hebrew. The wisdom of Kabbalah is the wisdom of how to receive. It's the wisdom of how to receive correctly. How to use the vessel of reception that we have, the quality of reception within us, how to use it for spiritual growth. And so when it comes to the ego, if you want to develop and grow spiritually, it has to happen on top of the growth of the ego. So instead of reducing the ego and eliminating the ego, we let the ego grow and then we grow on top of it. We, the ego grows and then we grow on top of it again. And this is what builds our spiritual development, our spiritual degrees of progress. The basis of any spiritual degree is the ego. In Kabbalistic language, this would be the posterior. The posterior of any spiritual degree, meaning the other side of it, the posterior side of it, the back side of it, perhaps, is built from the ego. And the actual degree is built from overcoming the ego, from rising above the ego. Okay, so both are required. Now, of course, there is uh, the whole wisdom of Kabbalah is about how to work with the ego. So we cannot cover this in, in just one session, certainly not in a few minutes. But I'll give you sort of one kind of guideline, one rule of thumb that is very, very much a, um, a principle that can, can give you the right direction in terms of uh, how to work with the ego from a Kabbalistic perspective. And it goes like this. One who is greater than his friend, his inclination is greater than him. Again, one who is greater than his friend, his inclination, meaning his, his negative inclination or evil inclination, you'll find that term sometimes in the more ancient sources. The word ego then was not really uh, used. His inclination, his ego, is greater than him. So if you advance spiritually, if you are greater than your friend in the sense that you are more spiritually advanced, if you grow spiritually, that means that your ego is also bigger, has also grown. Okay? So take a moment to, to take that in. Let's watch uh, another short clip from my teacher, Kabbalist Dr. Michael Lightman, referring to this principle. Uh, one minute clip, a few more words from my teacher on this, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll add more, more interpretation. And again, if you have questions as we go, throw them into the chat. I think we'll have time to answer a few more. So let's watch the clip. As soon as something good appears within the person, in order to balance him and give him free choice between good and bad, the bad immediately becomes revealed in him. And this how they both grow within the person, the positive and the negative force. And the person appears to be in between, 
where he can make a choice to prefer the good over the bad. And so, there's no reason to be overwhelmed when the ego grows inside a person and the person feels that today it's much bigger than it was, say, a month ago or any time before. It's a sign that the good in him also grew. Okay, so if, if a person is advancing spiritually, if he becomes greater spiritually, then his ego also grows. And one is a sign of the other. And remember, that is how perception grows. You know what? Let, let's do a little diagram here just to, to capture the idea. Um, and then I'll go ahead and look at, uh, look at some questions. So one who's greater than, him, than, than his friend, his inclination, is his ego is greater than himself, than him. This means that in order to develop in spirituality, or in order to develop our spiritual perception, we need to have constant friction between these two forces within us. The ego, on the one hand, and our desire for spirituality, on the other hand. Okay? Because that's what we got when we start. When we begin our journey towards spiritual development, that's what we have. We only have a desire for spirituality. We don't yet have an actual perception of spirituality. Or in other words, in Kabbalistic words, a vessel for spirituality. We have a desire to reach spirituality. That's where we start. That desire is also very unique. It doesn't turn on and awaken in, and, and become active in all the people of the world. It exists in most people in humanity as a dormant uh, uh, desire, as if it is in, a, in some sort of a, of a coma. Uh, and people who are already awakened towards spiritual development are people who have began, knowingly or not, they have already began to feel some friction between their ego and their desire for spirituality. Now, it takes some time to understand that this is the case, but this is what's happening when you're beginning your spiritual journey. So, your entire spiritual perception grows, let's, let's draw it like this. Um, let's say, okay, let's do it like this. Let's say there's plus and minus, and you start from here, and the only way to grow in spirituality, just as we grow in perceiving anything, right? We have to perceive two opposites. Between the opposites, we feel something. Just as it is in, in, in our uh, ordinary perception, that's how it works in spirituality as well. But in this case, the minus is our ego and the plus is our desire for spirituality. And what we feel between them when we begin to develop is we feel a little bit of tension. And then as we develop more, we feel more tension. It's as if, and then more. And that tension between the plus and the minus is actually our spiritual development. We grow between those two opposite forces. We develop our, this is called the middle line in Kabbalah. I don't want to um, I don't want to add too many terms now because they'll confuse more than than explain. I think the, what's important is to get the to get the concept, to get the spirit of it. We grow spiritually between two opposites. We feel uh, as we develop spiritually that we are divided to two. A person begins to feel like, on the one hand, I really want spiritual development. I see how. Life perhaps is even meaningless if I don't attain spirituality, if I don't develop spiritually. And that's the plus. That's the that's plus force, that desire for spirituality. On the other hand, 
a person who develops spiritually will begin to feel that their ego is kind of standing in the way. It's as if it's it's something to to um, to get rid of. But it is only through the ego that you develop the plus force, the desire for spirituality. And then when you develop your desire for spirituality, you feel the ego again. And that's how it works. That's how you grow. That is also truthfully where man's free choice really lies, according to Kabbalah, between those two forces, which both really are coming from nature itself. Okay, that might be uh, uh, enough for now. Let's go on to some questions. Um, so Katya Saul is asking, as we grow, the confusion grows. I, to, I have to be honest with you, and the answer is yes. But it's not just that. It's not that the more you develop spiritually, the more confused you become. No. You find yourselves in, yourself in deeper states of concealment because your ego grows. So spirituality becomes more concealed from you. But then you overcome that. You develop your desire for spirituality more. And then all of the previous conf confusion of the previous degree becomes uh, like a component for your next spiritual degree. Um, so, so on the one hand, yes, you become confused as part of your spiritual journey, but you all, but things also become clear. Clarity comes from confusion. The light comes from the darkness. Remember the words of Barasulam that we read in the beginning. The light comes from the darkness, and. The way we develop in spirituality is referred to by the ancient Kabbalists as uh, night and day. There shall be night and there shall be uh, uh, um, day and they are one day. Meaning the night and the day are one degree in spirituality. We're not talking about the astronomical uh, phenomenon of sunlight and and uh, dark sky, right? We're talking about this within the person, inside your spiritual uh, being, your spiritual state. That's what we're talking about. In our spiritual development, we go through night and day, night and day, meaning we discover and recognize our evil inclination, which is our ego, and then we discover spiritual growth correspondingly and then we discover another degree of the ego and a higher degree of spirituality it looks like this going back to the diagram here um, if I were to put it in a diagram it would look like this let's say you are now here at degree zero if you want to go to degree number one in spirituality First, you will find yourself in degree minus one. And then you'll find yourself in degree plus one. And then you'll go to degree minus two. And then you go higher to minus, to plus two. So you get, you get the idea, right? This is called ups and downs in the spiritual work. The, the, the descents are just as important as the ascents. And when you grow spiritually, you begin to relate to them as such. You don't treat the, the recognition of the ego as a bad thing. Yes, it, it feels like you're opposite to spirituality, and in that respect, it's unpleasant. But you see that you are getting closer to truth. You're sharpening your spiritual perception. You are um, uh, increasing the resolution. You know, re the resolution on your screen right now is also built from contrast. Only the more pixels that you have on your screen, the more uh, contrast that you can hold on your screen, the sharper, the clearer the image is going to get. 
And the same thing happens in spiritual growth. So that's how it happens. I'll go to some more questions because this one took us on a, on a rabbit hole. Um, um, let's see. I'm looking for names that I didn't see before. Troy is asking, is ego the evil inclination? Yes. Yes. When you hear the, the inclination or the evil inclination in Kabbalistic sources, you can uh, um, just exchange that with the word ego. That's what it means. It means the intention to receive for self, the focus on self-love, the constant concern for self. It's, it's a program that governs our perception right now. It's not that we can uh, directly try to resist it. We need to use it in order to develop the opposite side, the opposite force, the desire for spirituality. Okay? Um, the Dini Allahi is asking, it sounds like the ego is not an obstacle, but a catalyst for spirituality. Absolutely. That is how a Kabbalist uh, begins to uh, study and relate to his own ego. Yes. The ego, if you think about it, um, even going back to that diagram that I showed you a second ago, actually, I'll show it again. The ego becomes like an elevator. We need to think about it differently. It, Of course, the moment that, that it awakens, the moment that it appears in you, you'll feel like you're opposite to all of the spiritual hopes you had for yourself, to whatever spiritual feeling that you you thought you were having, whatever uh, spiritual intention that you thought you were forming, the moment the ego erupts, the ego grows, the ego becomes revealed, a new layer of it within you becomes revealed. That's really what's happening. A new slice, a new layer of your ego is becoming revealed to you. The moment that happens, you'll feel like all of a sudden you have nothing. But that's not true. This is just the elevator giving you the extra height you need, the, taking you to the next level. But if you don't understand what's going on and if you don't have a supportive environment around you and you don't know how to work with the ego, then you'll feel it like a weight, like, like uh, someone dropped, dropped an elevator on your head <laughs> rather than put you on an elevator, right? But if you know how to work with it, you'll feel like you're going into an elevator and now you're able to rise even higher in spirituality thanks to that growing ego because it grows under you and not on top of you. It grows and you're on top of it. And this preferring the good inclination over the, good in the bad inclination or preferring the desire for spirituality over your growing ego is your choice. Okay? Um, so yes, the ego ultimately is the catalyst for spiritual growth and not the other way around. Um, okay, uh, we are almost done here uh, with our time. Uh, there's a few more questions that I see here. Okay, let me just, just get this out of the way. If you're interested in this, if you're new to this, um, or if you have been looking into some of our material on this channel for a while, if this is interesting for you, you should study it systematically. Um, I, I can't really recommend this enough. If you're interested in the wisdom of Kabbalah, if you're interested in spiritual development, if you have that unique desire within you that's already active, that's already yearning for a deeper level of perception, for a deeper experience of reality, go to Kabu and try uh, one of our courses. Try the, 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 the whole uh, study path that we have there. It can take you from A to Z in terms of the wisdom of Kabbalah. I truly truly recommend it the um uh, there's a link in the description below there's a link in the chat there is a 14-day free trial um and if you if you like the experience and if you feel that it's for you then uh if you do an annual subscription it's a matter of less than ten dollars a month to to do we are a non-profit 
and all that we all that we bring in all of the income is only to allow us to to do more courses and more videos and continue to spread the wisdom of Kabbalah that's the purpose of uh, our organization which is a nonprofit and so uh, I really recommend to anyone who's interested to to check it out to go to Kabu and try it out now we're just about to 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 end I will take one last question but I will also mention that for those who are already in Kabu or those who are not yet in Kabu and you're interested in continuing this discussion and asking uh, more questions we're gonna go into a live Q&A right after this in just a few minutes it's a zoom session with Kabu members uh, and we're gonna uh, focus on questions and answers on this topic uh, first so if you're interested in that if you're a Kabu student I'll see you soon in, in a few minutes and if you're um, if you're interested in joining this live session go to the link right now and you can register to Kabu for free and go into the session uh, you'll get a link immediately you you'll you'll be able to access in short so uh, it's possible for anyone if even if you're not a Kabu student yet you can go ahead register come to the Q&A session and I'll see you there in a few minutes. All right. So last question before we conclude our session for today. Um, um, Lara Silva is asking this. Why do we need the sense and descents? Is it always like that? All right. So here I'll say that's a nice question to conclude with. I'll tell you this. Yes, we have to go through ups and downs. It's part of the spiritual process. I can tell you from experience that there is no other way. From from my personal experience, I can say there is no other way to advance spiritually if not going through ups and downs. However, if you have the right environment, if you're surrounded or have some contact with other people who are going through the same spiritual development if you have this support and um, and you can see the goal that you're moving towards clearer and clearer each day this becomes your best adventure in life there is and and every ascent and descent it doesn't it's not like you fall into a huge depression and sadness or something along these lines no the faster you advance, the shorter the descents that you need. You only need a touch of discovery of your ego, and then you can immediately begin to ascend to the next degree and again and again. And that whole process becomes a beautiful, joyful adventure where you're in um it's like being in an in an finding an endless fountain of growth because you have new challenges and new forces correspondingly new uh um new uh states where you don't know what to do and then new clarity this is called resolution of the doubts new answers that come to you from a higher level of development it is uh, a beautiful process and for those who have this desire for spirituality uh, nothing else if you truly have a desire for spirituality nothing no other adventure will satisfy it um, so you can find that uh, perfect environment for spiritual development in Kabu that's really what we um, what we designed Kabu to be a place for anyone to study the authentic wisdom of Kabbalah and join an environment with where others like-minded people are studying as well to get that support to get that greatness of of the spiritual path and really move forward as quickly as possible so I'll see you all next time this has been uh, great thank you for all the questions uh, sorry for those we didn't have time to answer. You can and you are uh, invited to the Zoom session, uh, Q&A session right now on Zoom. 
If you're not a Kabu student yet, you can go into the link, register, and you'll get access. So I'll be happy to see everyone in a few minutes, in a minute, in the, the Zoom session. Thank you all for, uh, for coming and see you next time. All the best. Thank you.